Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the second episode in Clean Break's first ever podcast series. My name's Kim, I'm a member here, and if you heard the first episode, you'll already know my life story. This is episode number two in our podcast series, and it's on the theme of damage. Da-da-da! We split into three groups to make these, and we all chose a theme inspired by Thick as Thieves, which was a play Clean Break uh, commissioned, and we all went to see it. It was a very powerful piece about union and division between two sisters and how damage in their early childhood impacted on their lives later on in very different ways. So on the theme of damage today, we'll hear a real mixture again of interpretations of the theme. The first piece is a hard-hitting prison drama written by Claire. You're a very nasty girl by all accounts. It seems there's no one to put a good word in for you. Then we have a kind of a quirky story from Tracy about the cowboy on the estate. Months later, there he is, the skeezer in the cowboy hat across the road at the greengrocers and I'm walking dogs again. I went, oi, 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 you, you. And finally, a dry cleaning disaster strikes. Can I ask you, have you ever cut anyone's buttons off a coat? What about shrinkage? Do any With the dry cleaning, nothing can shrink. So first up, we've got Claire's drama, Set in a Prison. It's pretty hard-hitting, this one, with a lot of adult language and some disturbing imagery, so listen with caution. A face loomed over me, bristling like a hog's back, peppered with pits and pimples. The eyes burnt bullet holes into my brain. The lips curled backwards round a vapour of whiskey, Marlboro's and rancid food which steamed up my nostrils. Uh... I lay mesmerised in the half-dark, only my mouth moved in a goldfish. And the sound of a sick animal slipped out as if his hand had clamped down. <sighs> Shush, pet. There's a good girl. Be a good girl. All doors will now be unlocked. The metallic voice sliced through the nightmare. I was sweating, shaking, alone. I wanted to scream and never stop. <laughs> I nutted the wall a few times and the steady thump stilled the trembling in me but set off waves of nausea in my stomach. The words shot out of me like vomit and the sensation passed. I listened for a response from beyond the metal door and heard the clank of... I pictured out there as I lay huddled in my cot the pink and brown blobs floating on a sea of brick wall shadows with mouths that opened to speak. Fuck off! Food, drugs, medicines, fags. Shit! I lay there for a long time, perfectly still now, except for my eyes which scanned backwards and forwards across the walls. If I let them rest on one spot in the brick ocean, the mouth with the curled lips might appear. Fuck you. I swung open the door. What's for breakfast? Dog turds on toast. Elephant spank, love. With or without jam. Filthy pigs. You're too late for breakfast, Tina. Already been emptied into the shop bucket, Tina. Tina, you are very late. You're a spoilt brat, Tina. I wanted to grab her hair and push that smug face into the pig's wheel. Thump, thump, thump! I didn't want to go back to the block. 
After all, I've only been here two weeks and I've been there fucking three times already. All rise for his honour. You're a very nasty girl by all accounts. It seems there's no one to put a good word in for you amongst all the caring professional people who've had the misfortune to encounter you. I understand that even your poor parents, who've bailed you out on many previous occasions, have now washed their hands of you. We've heard from your social worker of all the help she's given you over the years, for which I gather you expect your gratitude by depositing excrement in her office. You've been in and out of trouble since the age of 12. Your offences grow more serious by the year, and the time has come to teach you a lesson. Your latest transgression, bringing you before me now, is nauseating. You assaulted an innocent man brutally, causing him extensive injury to his pelvic region, requiring emergency surgery and hospitalisation for a long period, both now and to come. Your excuse was that he was attempting to solicit sexual intercourse from you. And when, according to you, he said... Be a good girl for me. Again, according to your testimony, you saw red. Your victim, on the other hand, claims that you were importuning him for money and he simply stated... Be a good girl and run along home. Whom are we to believe? Yourself, whom numerous witnesses have described as a pathological liar or Mr S, a respected professional man who could be forgiven for the fundamental mistake of presuming that you could ever be a good girl. It is only on account of your youth that I am refraining from sending you to prison for a very long time. I hereby sentence you to five years' imprisonment commencing forthwith. Court adjourned! The sun snapped over the horizon and lit up the dirt smeared on the plastic windows. The daylight made the walls look darker. I got out of bed, went to the locker and took out a razor. Me and my fucking razor as a mic. Who will believe your verse in time to come? Take this as a given, guardedly by some. Use for yourself the wisdom I impart. Seek not to sever claims upon your heart. Embrace the love this world can give to you. Don't turn your back. Devour it, see it through. Everything that happens to you, Tina, good or bad or indifferent, it's just an experience. Another chapter, a personal story, a lesson to be learned. On every page, you write it yourself. Feelings are just feelings. Anger, fear, hatred, anxieties, doubts, loves, hates, jealousies, they can't kill you or control you. If you want to change your life, Tina, change your faults. Now, please give me the razor. A face loomed over me, lighting me up. Its voice sliced through my nightmare. I lay there for a long time, perfectly still, except for my eyes, which scanned backwards. No, no, let me let them rest. My mouth, it goes to curl, my lips. No, my lips appear. Wow. <sighs> wow. I feel peace. Who'd have thought you'd find peace in a prison? 
That piece was written by Claire on the Writing for Theatre course and it was voiced in the bit we just heard by Claire herself and Tracy and Michelle. I've not been in prison, but on my last appearance in court, the duty solicitor said... I never got a solicitor because I always just went guilty because I'd done it and so I was guilty. But on the last time I was in court, the duty solicitor spoke up for me and he said, here's Mrs... Mm, Mrs X, say... Mrs X is a woman of almost good character. Well, I love that line and I want that on my tombstone. In fact, now I'm a podcast presenter of almost good character. So next up, we have Tracy again telling us a funny story about a thing that happened with a cowboy who lives on her estate. Funny and slightly disturbing. A little bit weird. That's the way we are here. Yeah, the cowboy on the estate. This cowboy on the estate. I was like, what's that cowboy think he is? This geezer walking about in cowboy's hat. Cowboy boots. And a badge. I'm sure he had a badge on. Well, anyway, this day I've come out of my block. And there he is, sitting on the wall with a video. Now, I'd usually just say good morning, talk about the weather. He walks up to me and he gives me this video. And he says, hey, I thought you might want to watch this. And he went, it's, it's Walt Disney, it's about animals. Because, you see, I was walking the dogs. I was like, look, I don't even get time to watch telly, never mind watch videos. He went, no, no, no. He went, take it. He went, I've put my phone number in there. You can phone me and I'll come and pick it up. Every time I used to say good morning to this geezer or like, oh, the weather's all right, he'd stand there and just stare at me but he'd stare at my private parts and it was like you know between my legs his eyes would directly go there this is like a man I didn't want to be near and there he is giving me a video of Walt Disney so I just took it and I thought oh god I want to give this back to him as soon as I got back with the dogs I got indoors I tried phone number no answer I was like oh shit Anyway, forget about the video until months, months later. There he is, this geezer in the cowboy hat across the road at the greengrocers. And I'm walking dogs again. I went, oi, 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 you, you. He finally turns around. I go, I've got that video. I want to give you that, that video back. <laughs> he went, he looked at his watch and he went, oh, it's my medication time. I'll get the dogs, get me in as quick as I can, get the video. Go over to his block, where he lives, I know he lives there. And I'm pressing all the intercom buttons and I'm like, he's in there. Dory answers the intercom and he goes, come up, just come up, I'm on the top floor. So now I feel it, now I feel like, what's going on? So I go up the stairs, are you there, are you there? No answer. And I'm walking up the stairs on my all fours, slowly creeping up the stairs. Are you there? Gets to the top floor. Doors open, I see the shadow in the hallway. And I'm like, are you there? Now, usually I go crazy. 
couldn't believe it. He was standing there, his fucking cowboy hat, <laughs> a vest. He didn't have the badge on, didn't have the badge on, and a pair of leather gum boots up to his thighs and his wide front pants, his vest tucked up to the pants. And I was like, what the fuck do you look like? I shit myself. So, I was so scared. I was so, so scared. And I wanted to kill him. And all I could do was throw this fucking video. And I've run out of the block and I'm just standing there. I wish my sister was here. I wish my sister was here. We'd fucking kill him. Right, so this geezer, he lives in my state, doesn't he? I don't see him again forever and ever. And then I see him. I'm walking my dogs. There he is in his cowboy hat. And he's sitting on the wall near on the grass where I walk my dogs. So I'm like, he ain't going to hear me, he ain't going to hear me. So the dogs have had a poo, and I picked up this poo, and as I'm picking it up, I'm only, like, steps away from him, and he slowly turns around, just so I'm about to throw it. <laughs> and I went, you just timed that right. And I stood there just looking at it, and he was so embarrassed to see me. He wasn't scared, he was just embarrassed, and he walked off. So anyway, another day, my mate Martin pulls up. Hi, you, Mark. And as I've turned my head, there he is in his cowboy hat. And uh, he goes to walk the other way. And Martin went, I'm cool, cool, good, good. And he's pulled out this bow and arrow. And I was like, you couldn't make this up. You could not make this up. I went, there's a cowboy, let's play Indians. <laughs> and I've got the bow and arrow, and I'm going... In circles. This man, he couldn't run, but he couldn't walk no faster. And he disappeared out of sight again. And I, I wouldn't have done anything, honestly, I wouldn't have done anything, but I thought it was highly hilarious, me running about and going. When I think about it, it's hilarious, but what was he thinking? Honestly, what was he thinking? I guess we'll never know what he was thinking, but I think Tracy enjoyed her game of Venara with the cowboy upstairs. I'm the neighbour from hell. Not so much now, I used to be. I share a landing with my neighbour, and one day when I got home, she'd been out and painted a white line across it, and she stood on her side and said, my property, my property, pointing to her side. She, I had to say, Mrs, how are you going to get down the stairs then? Because she'd painted the line so she couldn't get to the stairs. I try to be a good neighbour. I'm a much better neighbour now. OK, after a slightly circuitous trek round the Wild West, we're coming back to the theme of damage now. And somewhere that deals with damage on a regular basis and cleaning is a dry cleaners. Where else are you going to go to get your messes cleaned up? Right. How much, without the buttons getting ruined, is it for a woolen winter coat? Please, bravo. It'll be the approximately uh, 8 50 to 10, uh, to 10 pounds. Okay. Um, will the buttons be uh, ruined? Uh, no, the buttons will be okay, but it depends on the length of that as well. It's not only like uh, the old woolen coat will be the same price, but the button will not be ruined at all in the dry cleaning. But the thing is that with the, you know, the fabric and uh, the length of that, 
the prices are different. Okay. What stops the buttons melting? Is uh, I haven't experienced any button melted in the dry cleaning. Oh. As you know, if uh, sometimes if that kind of buttons, they cover up that one. Before putting in the dry cleaning, they cover up that and put it. Her, her one doesn't, does he? Bravo. It does, and it don't take. It covers them in tin foil, and then I'm like, yeah. where are they? And then I was like, will you take the tin foil off? And he cuts the buttons off. You just cut the buttons off. Can I ask you, have you ever cut anyone's buttons off a coat? No. <laughs> what about shrinkage? Does it With the dry cleaning, nothing can shrink. Okay. With the wash and press, in the washing procedure, something can get shrink, shrunk. Yeah. But in the dry cleaning procedure, nothing. That's where I'm going wrong. Bravo keeps, he must be washing my coats then. Mine is shrinking. Your ones are yeah. taking them to the other shop and putting them in the big, big... They always follow the instruction. There might be the instruction for the wash then. If there's the no instruction for wash, they can't do the wash. Oh, I could be doing it in my washing machine after it, all this time. It don't check my pockets. I always leave chocolate in my pockets. There's chocolate in there. If you leave anything with that, that you not only ruins your coat, it will ruin the other stuff as well. Do you check the pockets? We do. Uh, Bravo don't check pockets. I'm not Bravo. Well, we're going to start coming here. Thank you for Thank your time. And the final piece we have today on the theme of damage is Michelle's poem, which she's written, and she's going to tell it to us now. Socks or no socks, dog or no dog, stay or live or die, punch, drunk, cuts, pills, and a black eye, leave, stay, the same shit, different day. He's on life support, I'm in a dock, now in rehab. Stay away, new life, live, stay or die. I choose life, different day, no shit, an amazing May, I choose to stay. That was Michelle and Tracy not giving the cleaners a break. Chocolate in my pocket, I've actually written a song about that, I won't sing it now, but it's one of my most favourite songs. That is the first song I ever wrote and there's a lady at Clean Break, Jacqueline, who always said, please sing the chocolate song and it made me so happy that she could remember it and asked me to sing it. So from Chocolate in the Pockets and Damage, I think we're signing off now. Thanks very much for listening to our second episode, which was written and performed by Claire, Tracy, Michelle and me, Kim. Our producer is Millie. Our group facilitator was Rania and the sound was mixed by Sam. This episode was supported by The Space and Arts Council England through National Lottery funding.